You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Do you see this shit? This is the kind of caring ass shit that I have to deal with every day. Today at the courthouse in Lynn, Massachusetts, protesters gathered to support Ernst Schoenschock, a local activist otherwise known as Shimmy. Shimmy is wrongfully accused of assaulting an elderly Trumper who tried to dump a cup of water on Shimmy for the crime of dancing. To make things worse, she admitted to it on camera, and he is the one on trial. And I was getting mad, and I should get water on it. I don't want to are you serious? Are you serious? Right the I'm being arrested. December 2020, Shimmy was out counter protesting white supremacists in Swampscott. Woman comes up to him, getting all mad that he's dancing. She takes a water bottle, throws it at him, and as a result, like any normal human being would do, he takes the water bottle out of her hand. Doesn't hit, doesn't get aggressive, but that's all it takes for her is to play victim and say, oh, you know, he hit me, and, and have other people around him, you know, claim that. So the police didn't do their job. They didn't see it. They just heard voice to voice. That's not how it works. I met Shimmy because the Randolph police run over my son. So I'm just one example, if you read here, of what Shimmy's fighting for. Shimmy was unjustly arrested. It's outrageous that this is going to trial. Another another black man set up by this criminal justice injustice system. DA Jonathan Blodgett refuses to drop the charges. He's continuing to protect the white nationalists. Um, he's a racist. He's probably a white nationalist domestic terrorist, too. I want to know where he was January 6th. We've been doing this for months now. Four months. Today, uh, they did what we thought they were going to do. They're dragging this shit out. But luckily for me, I now have a trial date. It's November 30th. I'm not pleading to anything because I didn't do anything except get assaulted on December the 12th. We want justice for Shimmy. Free Shimmy. Free Shimmy. Free Shimmy. Welcome, Young Jerks, Mike Crawford. The two to be continued. That was a video from Rod Weber a few months ago about uh, our guest tonight. We have an attorney and uh, the person that was arrested wrongfully in Swampscott, Massachusetts, that uh, a lot of us have rallied for for the last 11 months. And this week, charges were dismissed. Really happy about this. Uh, we have Ernst. I'm going to bring Ernst up first. Or I'm going to say, try to say the name. Ernst John Jacques. That was, that was pretty good. That's pretty good. Yes. Pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. Good. Not and bad. we have your attorney. Also here, uh, attorney Marat Arakan. 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 <laughs> and you forgot, you forgot the GOAT. G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. You forgot. That. I tried Arakan earlier, but that wasn't it. You said it was Arakan? Arakan. It's, it's only going to get worse. Like <laughs> We're trying over here. I'm trying. This is a running joke on my show because I really try on the names and I've had speech impediments my whole life, and now I host a show. So you can do anything. You can screw up anything. I like it. I like it. So uh, we have, like I said, two huge guests. Uh, we covered, we did a couple stories on you. One was written by me and uh, another one uh, by a Swampscott resident. And, it, it, you know, got a lot of 
views, media attention. I know that you've gotten a lot of media attention, but is there a lot of frustration for the last 11 months? And now it's like a big victory for you guys. How are you feeling tonight? Can I, can I be honest? Yes. Relieved now that like, I don't have whatever it was hanging over my head. I don't know what like kind of punishment they were going to end up going for but i did look it up and like there was jail time that could have potentially came with what i was charged with and obviously like how how i've always been i always expect the worst case scenario so this whole 11 months i figured like there was going to be a a bad outcome or whatever even though i knew for a fact that i didn't do anything but i just had to be patient like everyone was telling me and what I thought was going to happen happened and they dropped the charges, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I've been unemployed for 11 months and relied solely on community support to get by. So with that being said, I don't feel like there's been any justice because I, I had to go through all that and now I'm suffering from it financially. So I guess depending on how you look at it, it's positives and negatives, but overall I'm grateful of the man that I'm sharing the screen with right now, the greatest of all time, Mr. Murat. I'm sure you have a lot to say to attorney, Murat. Uh, yes, and, and please feel free to call me Murat. Um, you know, uh, over the last 11 months, I, I've watched uh, Shimmy go through this ordeal um, and, and um, he did it with uh, just about as much grace as, as one could expect a uh, young black male to have when falsely accused of a, uh, a, a of a crime in a in a racially charged um, uh, complaint. And um, um, at this point, I, I I am quite relieved for Shimmy, the outcome that we were able to obtain for him. He certainly wouldn't have been the first innocent black man to be convicted of a crime that uh, he didn't commit. And, and that um, possibility loomed a lot, loomed large, uh, uh, I think in, in, in Jimmy's mind and confessedly in my own, in my own mind, it's something that um, uh, we, we, we always knew was a possibility. Um, we, we did our best to um, prepare for all possible outcomes. Uh, you know, from the beginning, I told Jimmy it was gonna be a hard fight um, and uh, it would be a, a, a grueling process uh, and the outcome would be uncertain. But but we um, always uh, knew that Jimmy was innocent and um, I certainly uh, wanted to do everything in my power to make sure that um, there was no room for error in my defense of him. And so that informed the way that I crafted my defense and, and um, you know, luckily, uh, uh, in the end, um, uh, all the pieces uh, that I put on the chessboard went, um, you know, the way that I hoped they'd go, and 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 the case was ultimately dismissed. And and quite frankly, in the day uh, that that happened, on November thirtieth, it was um, truly the best of all possible outcomes because not only was the case against Jimmy dismissed, but the uh, wrongdoer herself was um, was charged with the crime of, of of assaulting him. Finally, there was a moment where Shimmy was purely a victim and Linda Greenberg was purely a criminal. Uh, although, of course, the prosecutor did her best to change that uh, narrative. Apparently, um, 
uh, after we left the courthouse by dismissing the charges against uh, Ms. Greenberg, which um, brings us to the next uh, stage of this of this fight. Despite that, will, it will continue, though. Let's talk about that, because you know I'm assuming that most of our listeners and audience know all the background on this because it was so highly publicized, and I know. You have a lot of supporters, and I know they know all about it. We have a, a fill, like a full green room right now. People waiting to to talk to you, folks. They want to come on and say hi. Got a lot of comments, a lot of listeners already. We we will get to them all, but um, you know, one of the things, you know, for people that don't know, is that uh, Shimmy was actually assault, uh, assaulted. They, you know, Linda Greenberg, eighty year old woman threw water at him, and you can see it was premeditated to me. I watched the video. She she went and grabbed the bottle. She like went away to grab the bottle and then went back to Shimmy to throw the water at him. So it was premeditated. It was a lot of water. It could have been anything. It could have been a chemical. It could have been you know cyanide. With you know just who knows with these people because they're crazy Trumpers. They're they're Diana Plus people. People should know that they're extremists. They are violent. <laughs> Even an eighty year old woman obviously throwing water at someone. Something wrong there, and the swamps got. COVID. You can't forget yeah, you, COVID. Yeah, COVID too. COVID too, and they do threaten you with COVID. I, I mean, Diana Plus basically chased me away on mask when I went to videotape her. That's another story, but you know, so all, all of this is happening, and uh, the swamps got police decide to arrest Shimmy, who went to reach and grab for the bottle. That's that's all he did. He didn't assault her. They said he, you know, the the Trumpers claim he, he assaulted her. Video doesn't show that. Um, they didn't charge her for 11 months. They charged Shimmy. At the end, uh, she was charged, and the district attorney dismissed the charges, not after 11 months, after less than a couple hours. Um, but you're asking for more now. You're asking for the district attorney to uh, appoint an independent prosecutor on this. Is that correct? That's that, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, um, just to, just to um, touch upon a couple of the points that you just made, um, this, uh, this woman, Ms. Greenberg, um, in, in, in some ways, some might view her conduct as, um, demonstrating, you know, her, her mindset that she was immune from prosecution press because of her, because of her age or because of her skin color, or because of, you know, whatever else, uh, um, you know, justified her, her, her belief that she could assault Shimmy. Um, he wasn't the only victim of assault. Had this case proceeded to trial, you would have seen, um, and and it and it's on the live, live stream video that Floss um, uh, put up, uh, that that within a twenty minute span, Mike, of the assault on Shimmy, she assaulted, uh, or she engaged in three other separate assaults. Um, she first um, uh, shoved uh, with pretty substantial force uh, uh, Hannah Hannah Connolly. Uh, while screaming at her just for sort of like being next to her with her Black Lives Matter um, sign. Uh, there was an individual who was uh, walking past the metal, metal barricades with a um, with a bullhorn that she uh, tried to whack with her flag once and then succeeded in whacking with her flag, you know, a second time. So this is sort of a, a clearly an individual who felt um, that she could assault people with impunity. And that's what and that's what she in fact did um and that impunity lasted uh for 11 months it was a brief uh burst of justice in which um she was uh going to be called to trial for her own wrongdoing uh but the but the prosecutor um uh, took it upon herself to to um uh, render that an impossibility at least 
she hoped to. Then, then the concept now uh, arises regarding the appointment of an independent prosecutor. Now, just just to be clear, what the, the relief that I'm requesting in, in in the form of appointing you know somebody independent here is not sort of unprecedented or or uh, you know a, a an anomalous procedure. It's something that prosecutors routinely do in instances where there's at least the appearance or potential for a conflict of interest. A conflict of interest. Um, I myself was a prosecutor for almost uh, 10 years in Essex County, that same exact uh, uh, office. And um, routinely in instances where there were uh, cases involving what, what we call cross complaints, in other words, uh, uh, two parties who are uh, alleged to have committed a, a crime against the other, the one prosecutor would not handle that, that proceeding. Two prosecutors would handle the proceeding that would be separated and evaluated and handle the case independently. Sometimes that would be done, you know, within the office itself if there were no other sort of like extenuating circumstances. But particularly in a case where there was some level of a uh, of a political component or, you know, concerns about some level of of wrongdoing, then under those circumstances, a prudent prosecutor would. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, ma maintain an, an immaculate handling of, of the case by making sure that an out-of-county uh, prosecutor or out-of-jurisdiction prosecutor handled, handled the matter. This was routinely done. It happened all the time. And uh, and and quite frankly, it is uh, highly unusual that, that it didn't happen in this case, um, particularly given sort of the undertones here and the, uh, uh, the I, I, I think really, um, the public sentiment that there was uh, uh, some racial animus behind the prosecution of this particular case. I know it's funny you mentioned racial at Court Watch MA on Twitter documents a lot of different court, you know, jurisdictions throughout the state. And they sent me some information about Essex County and Jonathan Blodgett and his person, you know, prosecutions or persecutions of people of color, working class people. <laughs> And, and black black men, you know, that this goes on all the time. And, and the, you know, it just, uh, you know, in this case, it was very publicized. People knew about it. Most people, you don't hear about it, how they treat people every day. Do you want to comment on, you know, any of those? It's probably difficult for you because you have to go against them case after case, I'm guessing, uh, sure. attorney. But what, do you want to say anything on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think anybody that that wants to take some sort of a principled stance, uh, has to be prepared to walk onto that podium himself alone, you know, uh, and uh, bear the uh, the force of the uh, the person he's, he's placing in the role of adversary, you know, the person he's he's calling out and, and opposing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll not speak to, um, you know, John Blodgett himself. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I'm hopeful that uh, he he would disapprove of what happened in this case, uh, and and that was the reason that I sent the letter to him, uh, in good faith, uh, with the expectation that once he sort of became aware of the you know potential wrongdoing that's occurred here, that he would um, act strongly uh, in opposition to it. You know, it's really an interesting concept, though, Mike, because um, well, I, I, I think that we've developed as a society sufficiently to the point where we recognize that. Um, uh, race uh, plays a, um, a consistent and um, unfortunate role in our justice system on a, on a daily level. I mean, if you look at, I mean, 
the, the data sets are available and they're they're fairly incontrovertible in terms of you know the um, uh, the outcomes for um, you know minorities, uh, black, brown individuals in in in, in courts uh, versus you know uh, uh, you know non-minority uh, persons. Um, it's 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 clear that there's disparity in charging. It's clear there's disparity in sentencing. It's clear there's a disparity in access to justice. But for an attorney to talk about that in court is something that is, in some ways, you know, uh, uh, professionally dangerous uh, because uh, the 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 response is just an incredible amount of opprobrium and discomfort. Uh, uh, nobody wants to talk about it. There are racist individuals that are functioning within the court system for the government, whether they be prosecutors, whether they be judges or other or other, or other court staff or personnel. Um, but if you ask anybody within the system to identify who that racist person is, if you ask any judge, any prosecutor, I mean, look at the data. We can see that there's a race problem here. Which prosecutor in your office is responsible for that in your view? I mean, nobody will ever point anybody out. No one's going to raise their hand. Yeah, nobody's going to raise their hand, you know. Um, and 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 when we talk about it, there's there's such an incredible amount of uh, discomfort, and that's why I'm here now, and that's why I've made it so uh, um, uh, much a, a focus of the manner in which I've handled Shimmy's case was because I view this matter as an opportunity to sort of ask the the the, the stakeholders here to um, engage in some introspection uh, and and recognize the um, uh, the scars that are that are long lasting in the system and 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 take our part to take responsibility for them and, and, and address them in some way you know um, and that is the mission uh, that that Shimi and I are on it's the mission that we undertook on the first day of this proceeding uh, and his mission we're not going to um, uh, suspend until we've accomplished our goals in some way there will be accountability here Shimi do you want to add anything on that Nope. I defer to everything Murat said. Again, this whole time, I I figured that I kind of knew what they were trying to do. I knew that they didn't really have a case. Not didn't really. I knew they didn't have a case. And I knew or I had a thought that they were just trying to drown me out, you know, take away my resources, my, my employment, um, ruin and damage my reputation and my name in hopes that I would just like sit down in a corner, take whatever punishment they were going to give and then just not live my life anymore and not continue to do the work that I was doing before. And I'm, well, I was there to let them know and I'm still letting them know that they got the wrong one. And unfortunately for them, they arrested somebody who I am lucky to have some resources and I am lucky to have a, a great lawyer who looked out for me and a community to look out for me, but this is so much bigger than me now. What about the people who don't have a lawyer and don't have the resources and are in a way more difficult situation than me? So that's how I'm looking at it. I'm not fine with the charges being dropped and then just, all right, let me go back about my life. It's that's That's unacceptable. I'm not the same person I was before I got arrested, so I can't go back to that life. So. In order to move forward, I, I've got to stick the course with with Marat, and we've got to continue to fight this. So that's that. Yeah. What, what uh, you brought up community because we yeah. we have uh, quite a few people in the green room. We got a lot of comments, a lot of listeners right now, 
Yeah. You brought this community together, it looks like, from everything I could see, and some of them we're going to bring on right now. How do you feel about the community you created around your cause, Shimmy, and what's next for the community? I don't even want to – I can't take – I can't take ownership or credit for creating a community. If if anything, I just we found each other, I guess, through through speaking about um, like-minded like thoughts and, and situations that all pissed us all off, and through seeing the same people over and over, or being spoken about by these people that created the community that you see in the green room right now, waiting and all the people that protested for 50 weeks, Mike, 50 weeks, at least two times a week. I So I'm forever grateful for the community that I found. And I, I can't say that I, I created it. And as far as what's next, I would hope that everybody continues to do the work that they were doing prior to meeting me, do the work that they were doing when they were supporting me. And um, because clearly there's a lot more work to be done in. I'm definitely not the only individual that's going through this. So we got to just keep going, but I'm thankful for everybody that helped me get out of my situation and who's going to continue to ride with me moving forward. I'm going to put here is, is, is to, you know, use this, use this as an opportunity. Every time that we see injustice, every time we see the flaws in the system, that is the time where we need to, stand in into the wind and be willing to raise our voices and talk about it and that's what shimmy that's what shimmy's done and uh people are rallying around that uh and um and he is uh uniquely in a position that because of the strength of his uh convictions and belief and courage to um uh, uh cause people to to bring further focus to this important issue awesome uh we have some comments i'm going to post a couple of the comments here there's one uh is uh, someone a uh, Facebook user writes he was the third uh, or actually I think he, he I think the the Facebook user that posted meant she but she was the third person that was assaulted that day oh that she assaulted that day um, that was just in one day imagine how many people she assaulted at these rallies I, I saw some of the um, I don't know if it was that day or a different day but I saw some you know flag poking that she did too um, here's another one what are the odds Marat that you'll get a response to to your letter. Please don't hold your breath. What a great question. I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's the type of thing that um, you know, I certainly, <laughs> it you know, with history as our teacher, shouldn't hold my breath about unless I want to asphyxiate. But the the um, uh, no matter how many times we're we're forced to beat our head against the wall to try to get this message out. I mean, I think that you know, we just put wear wear a helmet and keep doing it. You know, so. Uh, that that's that's what I intend to do. Um, uh, however, I I think particularly given the uh, strength of the of the of the community base that this um, uh, individual has, that Shinny has, the the uh, the I think the strong media scrutiny that's that's occurred here. I'm, I'm hopeful that some level of a response will uh, will be generated. Obviously, the first step is for you know news sources to publish the letter um, that that you know that I crafted, and you know we've sent it to various outlets. We've we've had um, you know discussions, and uh, I'm hoping that that does uh, hit you know uh, hit, hit the paper soon. Um, 
I'm going to get it out there. I'm going to get it out there to as many people as will listen. And even if the only uh, uh, manner in which I can do it is through through uh, Shimmy and his networks, and and through, you know, uh, well, certainly having this opportunity now is 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 a great opportunity to get this message across. Um, we're going to keep doing it until the message is heard. We get some more comments too. Someone's asking it. I think they're asking about me. I don't know. Maybe they're asking about Michael Picard. I don't know. Is Michael sick? We'll find out. Maybe Michael knows. He's he's in the green room right now. But yeah, we got a few uh, people in the green room. Do you do you want to um, take some questions or comments from them? Sure. No, we do that. We got well, first. We got Heidi. Yeah, we got Heidi because you said fifty weeks. I think she was probably there like fifty weeks. Heidi, how, how do I say your last name, Heidi? Just like Highland. Highland, Jesus. Yeah. Hi, Heidi Highland. Yeah. AKA the creator of all things free shimmy and. In Swamp Scout once a week and in Lynn once a week. At one point she went to Salem with the message. If, honestly, I can I can wholeheartedly comfortably say for the most part, if it wasn't for Heidi, I don't know. I don't know if my if my my message would have gotten as far as it did because Heidi reached a lot of people that I don't have access to. And and vice and obviously and vice versa. Just like you, Mike, have you can reach and access people that I can't. So I'm very grateful to Heidi for, for doing everything that she did the last 11 months. Oh, no problem. You deserve it. You're a stand-up guy. You do everything for the community. And it sucks you had to go through this because you're definitely an awesome, awesome person and you don't deserve this. And how many, how many weeks were you there, Heidi? Um, 50? Yeah. Yeah. So you're there every every week for Shimmy and Swampscott. Yep. At least once a week. Yeah, we were doing we were doing Swampscott and Lynn. So yeah, two times a week. I owe Heidi a lot of gas money. <laughs> <laughs> Straight That's up. That's awesome. You guys must be really close now, tight, right? Well, I I have to be. I'm I'm now part of Heidi's extended family. Yeah. Marat doesn't know it, but like during the holidays, he better expect me over. Like, cause these are people that I'm gonna be forever grateful for. Like you, you know, you don't even understand like how how difficult this shit was. So to have a, a lawyer come in and like, yo, I got you, and be open and honest and transparent with me, not be like, not tell me what I want to hear, but but listen, like this shit is gonna be tough, but we're gonna do it. And then Heidi be like, listen, I don't care if it's raining, I don't care if it's snow. It's hot. It's cold. I'm going to go to Swamp Scott and I'm going to yell. So, like, I am forever grateful for these people. Forever. And ye yesterday you all gathered, right? You you showed up, Shimmy, when you were there, Heidi, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, at the monument. Oh, yeah. How was that yesterday at Swamp Scott? How did, like, the public react? Like, I think a lot of people must know about it now and oh, they, you showed they, up. They all know. Everybody was beeping. It was really positive. And, uh. Besides the undercover cops that didn't want to be left out, I guess, that had to sit on the side near the other monument. Yeah. It was all positivity. It was all good vibes. It was awesome. Awesome. Whole, and people might notice I, I'm, I'm start, I, at times I'm turning off my audio to shut up my dogs. I'm, I'm dog sitting for two dogs right now. Aww. So I'm like double duty right now, as always. But uh, they're mostly being good. My, my, it's my dog that's actually the trouble one. The, the, the guest dog is perfect. You hear him. I don't know if you can hear him, but I can hear him. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so, Heidi, before we let you go, is there anything you want to kind of leave leave the audience with 
about this I'm, whole you, your 50 weeks of supporting Shimmy, the district attorney, anything. Yeah, I, I don't want to forget about what Shimmy had to go through, and I don't want to forget about these people. Diana Ploss, who launched the campaign against him, Bubby's Life Matters. We can't forget about Bubby. We can't forget about the Swamp Scott police. Like, we need to hold these people accountable. I would like it if this woman, Daniel Doherty Wurwitz, the, the DA that was the prosecutor assistant, she got fired. I think she should be fired. She's clearly a racist. And, and I would like to see Jonathan Blodgett gone, too. Um, yeah, let's not forget what they did to Shimmy. That, that, I guess that would be my message. And let's keep protesting them and get rid of them. So when, when is the next protest? Uh, we have protests every Thursday, but I'm trying to think of a, a new plan now of how we can uh, protest these individuals because they're in Salem, but it's not a high traffic area. So we might just have to go to the courthouse to get at them because it's just like a, a parking lot with not many people. I don't think um, it would make sense to go to their office. So we might have to be going to the courthouses to yell at them. More. Yep. Well, keep us posted. Thank you so much for calling and Definitely. thank you, Heidi. No problem. Thanks, Heidi. And uh, we're gonna try to bring up some other folks too. Uh, I know we got Michael Picard here. What's up, Michael? Hey, how are you guys? Thank you for having me. Listen, Mike, if Mike wasn't there and didn't get that the alternate angle video with the open hands. Boy, this is a completely different conversation. It's yeah, I was I was glad that I got that on footage because, like you said, it would be a whole different story if, you know, people thought you punched her. Yeah, it's, it really is amazing, uh, Mike, uh, that you got that footage. Uh, although I, I, I think it bears um, emphasis that even with, what I would characterize as incontrovertible evidence of, of the events that occurred in this case, that still wasn't sufficient to allow this uh, black male to be portrayed uh, uh, correctly as the victim and, and the, the white female to be portrayed as the defendant until a trial date. And then still the issue is still uh, 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 a matter of controversy for the uh, court system. And, and, and like, the media like, to an uh, extent too. Go ahead. It's, all it's like that in many places, uh, you know, in many cases, I mean, you know, there's a saying, uh, you can beat the rat, but you can't beat the ride. And, you know, when they have evidence that this person didn't do what, what was claimed, they like to drag their feet and say, oh, you know, give an excuse like, oh, we don't know how to work the video. Or it was, do or it was doctored because the video slowed down. Or we, we, we mess with the pixels. I think one time they were trying to say that we might have messed with the pixels to make something appear that really wasn't there. This is the shit that I'm really hearing in a, in a legitimate courtroom where you're supposed to respect authority and, and, and everybody's word. Everybody's telling the truth. And I'm, I'm listening to this shit in real time. And I'm just like, wow, am I in the matrix right now? Is this really going on? And it, and it really happened. So uh, again, Mike. I'm for, I'm forever grateful for you being there, and that that video really like. Without that video, I don't know where I'm at right now. Seriously, I'm always happy to be there for you, and uh, you know I think people don't realize how messed up 
the the justice system is until they have to go through it. Absolutely. Surprised they still have a full head of hair. <laughs> Being in the, that system for so long. And I think people that don't get it should go sit in court for a couple days and just watch and, the cases. Just watch what happens. You'll, you'll, you go ahead, Jimmy. Can I say one thing? So about about that, like, I'll I'll never I'll never skip jury duty ever again. If I'm ever picked again, I'll never skip for three reasons. One, I personally, well, was about to see. But I do understand now the power of a jury when it comes to the decision in somebody's life. Number two, I didn't know that legally your employer is supposed to give you paid time off to go and do this work. I, I didn't know that. And I also didn't know that you get compensated for being a juror. This is all shit that they don't tell you when you're when you're coming up so like you said mike i definitely implore people to go sit in a court to definitely get involved in the system if you can in any way because there's a lot of fraudulent shit that is going down and it's just not it's just not fair and you really won't understand it until you see it firsthand exactly and jury duty is an important thing you know because it, it isn't always how the government says something went down. It doesn't always go down how the government says it went down. And it's up to a jury um, to, to hold the government accountable and vote not guilty when, when either conscience or, um, or the law requires it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michael Picard. Do you have anything uh, that you want to leave us with? Yeah, I fully, I fully think that what the prosecutors in the, in this case were expecting uh, was for Shimmy to take a plea deal. A lot of these cases end in plea deals. I think around somewhere around ninety five to ninety seven percent. Very few go to trial actually, and I'm just happy that you know Shimmy stood up and uh, said enough is enough, and you know fought this battle. I, I don't know the legal like the, the legal wording for it, but I do know that before my trial started about two, three weeks ago, I was offered a general continuance with anger management. But then just 10 months prior, you were trying to hold me for three days for a dangerousness hearing. Like this is the levels of how shit just de-escalated because this lady knew she didn't have anything. And I definitely wasn't going to take a deal because like, my my lawyer um, informed me that that was by me taking that deal that'd be an admission of guilt and I didn't do shit right. so I wasn't taking a, I wasn't taking a deal and that too and when, when you're I don't know um, the penalty in Massachusetts for the charges you were facing but when they offer you something so minimal as like anger management then you know they're not really confident about their case. When compared to, I'm sure you were facing, what, maybe a year or more in jail? I, I believe I believe it was two, but don't quote two, me on that. Okay. Thank you, Michael. It Thanks was a felony, you. so it, it uh, was a felony. Court, it would have been two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Colin. Have a good day. Good.
We got a lot of uh, listeners, a lot of uh, people in the greed room. I don't know if I knocked you out of the room or I, or you took yourself out of the room, attorney. I just, if you can look at my screen here, my computer decided to go through a uh, update. <laughs> oh, yeah. Podcast. That's my nightmare. Yeah. yeah it means, sounds like one of you, uh, of I, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting some background noise. Are you guys hearing that right now? Or is it me? weird it's like only I, when i, I talk it just went away it, it was shimmy actually i think no it's not it's not shimmy shimmy just muted himself i don't know where it's coming from we'll figure it out it's a ghost in the machine yeah it's not you guys because you guys are on mute it's not let's just bring the next person on the show and see what's going on here who else we have here we got a bunch of people in the green in the green room i'm just gonna add somebody My derek God, who's derek um, I just wanted to add, add very briefly, you know, uh, one of the things that um, we were talking about with the, you know, uh, the fortuitous nature of us having some level of uh, video evidence. But despite that, um, you know, we had sort of a, a, a prosecutor who was telling us to look the other way from the evidence and, and um, you know, uh, s- sort of um, thread her narrative through the facts, um, you know, and, and, and that. That, that's persisted uh, up to and including the, um, uh, the the day after court when it was reported uh, by the um, Lynn item that the Essex DA's office um, asserted that Greenberg never took the fifth and never intended to take, to take the fifth, um, which um, really is 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 striking, just given how um, clearly that's. That's a fake fact. Um, it was the the um, the court took a recess uh, after it was um, revealed that the complaint had issued against uh, Greenberg to provide an opportunity for Greenberg and uh, her lawyer and the prosecutor to huddle about whether or not Greenberg would be willing to testify, despite the fact that she would uh, potentially be exposed to prosecution and having having her words used against her in that uh, in that trial. Um, the court took a recess, I think, uh, granted a 10-minute a, a recess, but the recess lasted somewhere uh, closer to an hour during which uh, that huddle was ongoing. Um, and at the conclusion of the huddle, it was stated in open court uh, through Zoom by Richard Chambers, the attorney for Linda Greenberg, that she would be asserting her Fifth Amendment privilege not to testify. Um, and so to make the statement that, or to affirmatively make the statement that Linda Greenberg uh, uh, intent intended to testify or never uh, expressed any desire not to testify was was completely and utterly false and and the fact that that you know that representation was made and and then published in in, in press is is shocking and highly disturbing and and evidence of um, uh, it, it's impossible to call it negligence, and 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 it, it, I think it's it's more accurate to describe it as uh, you know a malicious uh, uh, spread of disinformation, similar to what Donald Trump. Did. <laughs> right. So um, we, you know, we have uh, another... yeah, it's... Go ahead, please. Well, uh, we also had a question here. <laughs> Why did the counter assault? Yeah, so charge? The yeah, uh, I, I, I can answer that question. Uh, you know, I mean, there's certainly our, our events and circumstances that occur in, you know, in court and, and have occurred in this case that 
are eyebrow raising and and I think the inference that's being drawn by this question is was there some level of you know wrongdoing or monkey business going on in the in the court in terms of not processing the complaint uh, but the the reality is as as you know as it was explained to me uh, the clerk's office was experiencing a severe backlog in criminal complaint applications during the COVID crisis uh, and uh, uh, suspending processing of complaints, not to earns, but, but in general um, for a lengthy period of time. And I would not have believed it myself had I not actually filed a, a civilian complaint in another matter arising enough out of Swanskit. Uh, that didn't get resolved until a week before Shimmy's, you know, hearing did. So I don't, I don't suspect any level of wrongdoing was associated with that. Although, you know, one might question the wisdom of, of refusing to process complaints, uh, uh, you know, that are filed or, or calling that something that should be sort of like set aside. I don't suspect wrongdoing there, but obviously there's wrongdoing associated with it in, in, in so much as we requested that the prosecutor, um, uh, intercede by appointing a um, uh, an independent prosecutor. I think back in April, uh, when when we learned about this backlog, you know, uh, alerting the prosecutor to the you know safety concerns we had for Shinny, which were a matter of public record, including his death threats, death threats that were levied against myself and my office as well, um, uh, and and really the importance of um, uh, avoiding the appearance of impropriety and conflict of interest, which which um, otherwise existed in the case by them not. You know, pursuing the charges, um, and uh, as I noted in my letter to District Attorney Blodgett, um, like most of my correspondence with the uh, prosecutor, Ms. Doherty uh, Warwitz, that message went um, without a response. Thank you, Strange. I'm so glad you didn't take a plea. That's all I gotta say. Just from the bottom of my heart, you you know, and and but the thing I actually wanted to talk about was when they tried to hold you. Mm -hmm. Why? What they used to do that was a lie. Mm -hmm. And so you were visited, right? Yes. By agents? Two times. What were their names? I don't remember one of them, but the other one, I'll never forget him. His name was Officer Creed. Mm, Andy Creed. Yeah. So him. it all comes full circle. And was he, did he show up to your workplace? He did in November before in November. I got arrested in so I'm Scott. But what he, was that like? Yeah, uh, uh, I was scared shitless because I never had police, let alone an FBI agent, quote unquote, come visit me. So that shit was weird. But the reason why he came and saw me was because of something that I allegedly did at a Diana Plus rally a month prior to that. Where he, his only main witness was Diana Plus herself. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Attorney Murat, hello. Good to see you. I just wanted to emphasize what the Boston Regional Intelligence Center is doing to leftist activists and who is responsible for this sort of over prosecution of people like shimmy and uh what actually is going on in it's happening again in the in you know in this sort of surveillance system where you know uh people are being threatened i'm so glad you're out of it i hope you get a better job than you had last time oh i'm gonna get a better job for sure yeah Marat? you weren't you weren't loyal it's marat marat yeah. It's a brat. You need headphones, bud. You got two computers Brat, going. Earbuds. 
Um, so Ron and Lauren, anything last you want to say before we uh, cut you loose? I want to. I want to know what Marat thinks about that. He's got an echo going on. We'll try him. Marat, mute the computer then. When you talk. If you sure, if you um let me in from my other computer, um now that my update is done. Uh, oh yeah, I got, I got you. That's okay. Oh my. We've got two more. We've got two <laughs> Wow. It's is this art? Uh, yeah, it's an art piece now. Okay. <laughs> um, hopefully that's going to be. <laughs> is that better? Did that solve the problem? That's much better. I, I think I might have been the source of the issue here. Um, we can all blame, um, you know, uh, Windows 10 or whatever it is that <laughs> I have here. Um, so, um, first of all, my favorite power couple. How are you? <laughs> We're hanging in there. I am so happy to see you guys, as always. So, Lauren, you, you raised a couple of issues. First was, I, I think, the motion to detain him in the beginning of the case. Um, and second was the issue of you know, um, the, the uh, law enforcement elements that, that are inserting themselves into these um, otherwise peaceful uh, protests and, and how that might have an effect on, you know, our ability to, to uh, speak in dissent. Um, I, um, so uh, the, the first issue regarding the, uh, you know, the effort to detain Shimmy. Um, so the, 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 for those of you that don't know, uh, when we showed up for the arraignment, um, I walked into that courtroom that day expecting that the prosecutor was going to dismiss the charges against Jimmy just based on the evidence that I had gathered overnight and, you know, um, uh, understanding, you know, what, what the truth of the case was, which was that Jimmy was the victim and, and that Greenberg was the aggressor. Um, and, and maybe that's just a sign of my um, uh, unwarranted faith in the system or my own, you know, being, you know, an optimist or naive, uh, but but certainly that that didn't happen as we as we all know, and instead the prosecutor filed a motion uh, which is reserved really for the most uh, dangerous uh, individuals, or at least the law was envisioned that way, to have uh, Shimmy uh, labeled a, a danger to the community and potentially held without bail at all until his trial in the case. And um, uh, I will say this: uh, the data suggests that Essex, Essex County. Um, is the kind of where this is prosecuted, including Lynn, uh, is um, severely uncalibrated with the other prosecutors' offices re regarding filing requests of this nature. Certainly, to to call Shimmy, who is um, uh, by uh, by any metric probably one of the most peaceful and um, uh, positive contributing members of our of, of our community labeled a danger uh, on this flimsy uh, and and really quite frankly demonstrably false allegation. You know, uh, factoring in also the fact that he has no prior record at all um, uh, uh, to label him a danger was was uh, you know uh, to say it was it was frivolous I think might be an understatement. Um, but but that's what the that's what the prosecutor did. Um, I, I think it's actually also notable that. Um, when uh, you know when we when we came in for this hearing, I I requested that the um, court consider the testimony of two eyewitnesses, uh, Mary Farrell and um, Nate Lampkin, the latter who was an eyewitness to the police conduct in the case. Um, and the prosecutor responded uh, by threatening that if I 
presented any um, uh, uh, live witnesses in court or, or requested to present live witnesses in court, that she would file a continuance on the case um, to which she would be statutorily entitled and have Shimmy detained during the continuance period. So essentially um, uh, maneuvered in such a way as to silence Witnesses to the witnesses to the event, and to prevent their voices from being heard on the question of the uh, merits of her petition. Um, another, you know, what I would characterize as disturbing, um, uh, you know, uh, maneuver by the prosecutor in this case. Um, thankfully, um, we were uh, dealing with a judge that was, uh, I think, um, in control of his courtroom and and courageous enough to make the correct decisions in this case, as, he, as, as quite frankly, he did every step of the way, uh, de decisions based really on the law uh, and the facts and, and wholesale and really uh, abruptly rejected what the Commonwealth was doing in the case. But it was um, it was certainly scary for uh, Shimmy and, and certainly a grave personal and professional disappointment for me that the prosecutor would take that tactic. It happened to Shimmy. Um, uh, uh, you know, Shimmy had adequate legal representation, so we could avoid that happening. Uh, certainly, it's something that um, I don't know uh, that everybody uh, uh, would be as well prepared to handle as we were. Um, and so I think a lot of people in, in Shimmy's situation uh, might be uh, subjected to that kind of um, a threat. On the issue of uh, the the presence of law enforcement uh, at these rallies and, and particularly the presence of law enforcement that is um, at least ostensibly tasked with preventing acts of uh, terrorism. Um, it it is um, it it really is a sign of the times and something that is uh, in a lot of ways difficult to stomach and to fathom. Um, but it's there. It's very much there. Can you explain what you mean by that to those unfamiliar with the JTTF and what you mean by those there uh, given the task of uh, checking on terrorism? Sure. So, I mean, uh, you know, there are, the, the government loves to create task force task forces and, and, and um, attribute um, acronyms uh, for them. In this case, this was the this is the uh, JTTF Joint Terrorism Task Force. Um, and really, I, I, you know, I think that their, their, their job is to protect us from acts of, um, you know, domestic terrorism and, um, you know, that, that's sort of like uh, mil, mil, militant actions and, um, and or whatever other sort of scary terroristy stuff that may, you know, may, may occur in the world. Um, I don't know that anybody could credibly describe their mandate as, you know, uh, uh, crowd control at a peaceful protest, uh, particularly where their actions are directed at uh, what I think we could um, probably agree with any reasoned person uh, uh, it, the, you know, targeting the side of the, uh, the, the rally that is there, you know, standing for peace, uh, standing for um, uh, uh, understanding and harmony, you know, uh, it, but, but it, you know, the, the JTTF and, and it's my understanding that um, this uh, TFO agent uh, Creed uh, and uh, some of his um, colleagues uh, have been frequenting these uh, these rallies, and um, uh, I think that there is uh, credible evidence that there's some level of misreporting going on um, in in uh, you know what it is that uh, they're claiming. Uh, you know, I have I have personal experience with at least um, two incidents um, 
and, and you know, I, I, I'm sure of, of them are. specifically, or just just the FBI. Yeah, specifically them. them. Specifically them. Because it's know, funny, the FBI has a history of it. If you look at uh, Whitey Bulger. Well, know. yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, 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 I guess in my view, everybody's entitled to a you know a clean slate, and um, you know, uh, should be judged on their own personal merits. But what I can see here is that, you know, um, these particular agents. Uh, have engaged in conduct, which I think uh, some people might view as uh, as questionable. For instance, uh, with respect to the uh, with respect to Shinny's case, um, the incident that was reported by uh, Creed, which I, if I if I recall correctly, involved an allegation that Shinny assaulted somebody in a black SUV um, during a rally maybe in Boston. Um, we conducted our own investigation uh, regarding that uh, when the Commonwealth, the prosecutor, Ms. Darian Warwitz. Uh, attempted to um, present that as some sort of evidence of his bad character or, um, well, in, in, in reality, that would be, uh, you know, I, I, you know, that was probably the thrust of it, but, but the way that she presented it was evidence of his sort of like combative, you know, um, state of mind. Um, the evidence that we uh, uh, developed, um, uh, I, I, I think largely disproved the allegation. We, we, we were able to locate some video footage which showed uh, Shimmy interacting with an individual in a black SUV. <laughs> the interaction was nothing the way that it, uh, uh, in the manner which it was described in the police report. The video footage I saw showed Shimmy himself being assaulted by this individual. Wait, so Creed was lying? <laughs> and responding peacefully to the incident. I don't know if you there's don't some, other surprise, right. or some other uh, aspect of this. Um, uh, event that uh, you know, I'm not aware of that he was referring to, but in terms of the available record of what happened in that event, it had no um, a bearing uh, or resemblance to what it is that uh, Creed was alleging. And um, you know, I'm also representing um, you know Rod and Lauren in connection with uh, what um, you know uh, might be viewed by some, uh, certainly by me, as um, an app and an investigation which has, if not in purpose, certainly in effect, chilled the free expression of um, uh, individuals who have important messages to uh, to uh, to talk about. Um, and uh, uh, Agent Creed is at the um, the eye of that particular storm as well. Um, uh, he uh, first attempted to bring that matter to the um, uh, U.S. Attorney's Office in Boston, and after. Um, I was able to communicate some additional facts regarding, you know, what was going on there, and and, and really, I think um, the uh, the terrible toll this type of an inquest can take on, uh, uh, you know, our cherished values of freedom of expression and speech and assembly and things of that nature. Uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Boston discontinued their investigation for whatever reason. Uh, following that, Agent Creed apparently pitched the matter to a U.S. Attorney in uh, 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 the state of Maine. Uh, that apparently is, uh, you know, convening grand juries uh, and um, investigating allegations which were uh, served on a platter to him by uh, Agent Creed, which has, uh, in my view, devastating consequences for important freedoms uh, that we should be watching very closely here. Uh, anytime we have the government acting in such a way as to target those who wish to peacefully express themselves and in, inspire fear in them, uh, and, and to silence them, we must be watching very carefully. And if I could jump in there, I'd like to say that uh, Officer Creed or Detective Creed, whatever he <laughs> prefers to say, has had a long history um, uh, 
cooperating or collaborating uh, with uh, New England White Pride. Um, he has, on occasions, uh, demanded that I stop filming the uh, straight pride events. Uh, we have that on video. Uh, that's a no-brainer. Um, he has uh, harassed uh, members of our film crew uh, for uh, being trans individuals. And um, uh, quite honestly, there is a, a litany of evidence uh, showing his bad faith inquisition uh, which, uh, qu quite honestly, grand juries are, are tantamount to a modern Spanish Inquisition. Uh, you, you, you don't have uh, the ability as the There is no defense. Um, only the prosecutor can put something forward. Um, it, is, it is a secret inquiry, um, and the overseer uh, is, is not held accountable. And uh, they can coerce uh, witnesses in, into lying uh, by giving them immunity deals. Um, so I, I would say that I have less faith in the system than Murat uh, or uh, Shimmy. Uh, but I mean, God bless Shimmy for, for still having that there. Um, but what I've seen over and over and over again uh, is, is their willingness to bend the laws to their will. They come up with what the conclusion is going to be and they pick this and that and cherry pick it um, and get the outcome that they're looking for. And, uh, I, and, I, and I see that uh, Detective Creed is uh, conducting a bad faith investigation um, and um, I, I just want to point out that I've put forward a lawsuit against uh, Donald Trump uh, uh, back in the day, uh, 2015. It concluded in 2020. Um, <laughs> I litigated that myself and I beat his ass in, in court. Uh, I also uh, beat an FBI agent that was working for him. Uh, and then I'm, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm, I'm just saying that um, should any form of prosecutorial uh, misconduct uh, transpire, hey, I know some things. I know how to do things. Uh, we, we have the, the resources, uh, the will, um, and the truth behind us, uh, you know, to, to, to press forward uh, against these bad faith actors uh, who, are, who are putting th this forward. These are the same people who are going after Shimmy. That's and, why it's important. And I want to add that um, I am so glad that, Shimmy, you are out of the fire. Um, but there is a file on you now in the Boston Regional Intelligence Center you will never be out of the, you know, you will, you will always be searched by these agents. This is how this works, you know, and I'm not trying to scare you. And I don't think you should change a damn thing you're doing. But what I'm saying is you've made it to the big times, you know, like, you know, and, and so, and it's clear because of the DOJ, you know, the, the brick reports on you that everybody involved in the black lives matter movement, everybody involved on the left in general, is uh basically they're just having their own little gossip column about about us right it's just a <laughs> bunch of gossip column things they report to each other oh somebody filed a report on you oh wait it was you who filed a report that wasn't even true right and so they just collect these binders of gossip about people with no real evidence and this is a huge waste of money because you're like a peaceful and a person who all i've seen is exactly. collecting mutual aid donations, feeding people, helping people. And you need to keep doing that because at some point you will be, and not just with this Linda Greenberg person, but against the greater system in general, because of what happened and the fact that Brick was making reports on you, you as a good person will be vindicated for what you do and you will show how stupid they are. So do not stop doing what you're doing. And I'm so glad that you're out of the fire right now. Thank you. And I, I shall. I appreciate it. <laughs> Agreed. Thank you, LeBron and Lara. Yeah. Let someone else talk. Yeah. Man, we had enough.
<laughs> they they got that perfect. We got uh, Derek. Derek, who's been waiting for a while. What's up, Derek? Do we got you off mute yet? Yes, we do. I can't hear Derek though. He's off mute and we got no sound. You got? Can you guys hear him now? No. No. Derek, are you there? Yeah, I think I think there's something wrong with your audio, uh, Derek. Unfortunately, you are you are off mute. Um, that's okay. We'll we'll try to get, maybe we'll get back to you. We'll see if we can get back to you. All right, we're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. I want to thank everyone for listening. All the uh, folks who have been in the ch chat. We got we got quite a few messages here. One, we got another good question. Um, someone asked if there you know because. Linda Greenberg's side is saying that uh, Shimmy could be charged again. They want to see you get charged. Is there any chance of that, attorney? Uh, yeah. Uh, so the the um, the procedural mechanism that was invoked here is, is uh, called the null prosequi um, from the Latin, um, uh, which is to you know uh, decline to prosecute. Uh, it's it's something that they can you know file in a case, and then it's something they can then unfile in the case. The um, the, you know, for instance, uh, it, it, as a good example, uh, if I was, for example, prosecuting a rape case um, and uh, the alleged, you know, alleged victim was unwilling to uh, to talk or couldn't be located or something along those lines, I would I would null process the case. And then if the circumstances changed in the future, I would I would file the case again. Um, it is something that does occur. It occurs very rarely. Um, and I would be uh, highly doubtful if the um, Commonwealth would would refile this particular uh, complaint. Um, if if they do, they, they they have to be ready for just an absolute world of hurt because the evidence that I have is overwhelming. They saw what happened to their to the one witness they were allowed to call in this case, uh, Richard Alex. Um, uh, from the Swampscott Police Department, who invented a statement uh, and attempted to attribute it to um, to Shimmy, um, a, a purported confession. Um, if anybody was there uh, during the uh, hearing, they could see um, uh, they, they probably witnessed with their own eyes the way um, uh, through my cross examination that uh, particular witness imploded in the witness stand, um, contradicted himself in, in a manner which I think could be, best be described as uh, as, as perjury. That's the tip of the iceberg uh, for the prosecution's case. This case goes to trial. They're going to regret it, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And, and, and quite frankly, given all of the developments here, uh, I think that uh, I'm confident that John Blodgett... Sounds would like a really bad idea for them to try that. A very bad idea. Yeah. Uh, Michael Picard is... It's funny because we got a bunch of comments from people looking for Picard. They're like, did we miss him? Like... And, and no, Picard's in our comment section right now. He says, lock Rod up, not Lauren, though. She's cool. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I saw Rod in the uh, green room laughing at that, actually. I thought it was funny. Uh, <laughs> and then, Picard's always funny. And then, of course, his fanboys are in here. Did we miss Picard? Yeah, you missed Picard. You can listen to it on the replay. He, he was here. He's gone now. You missed him. I think he might look. There's more people coming in. We, it's funny. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. I want to thank everything, everybody, for listening tonight. I want to thank our guests, especially uh, the awesome Shimmy Ernst, Jean Jacques, 
Almost got it. I was, pretty, <laughs> I was close enough. I was close enough. And attorney Marat Arakin. Excellent. Close. Getting better. Trying. You gotta work on it. I liked it. Thanks uh for people and, and spending the time uh talking about this important issue, Mike. I really appreciate it. Oh, I, I really appreciate your time too on a Friday night, both of you. Um, you know joining us and, and and taking all the comments and the calls it's i know it's getting late mike i want to oh should we? I, i'm sorry but just just before we just before we wrap up is there any way we can give a chance for um diani and derek because those are two those are two individuals that have also been really oh yeah i didn't even see diani we'll try derek again let's try diani right now oh yeah i definitely would like to uh, get everyone on thank you shimmy so we have, I think, uh, Diani. Diani on now. Oh, hey everybody! Uh, thank you. Um, wow. Um, yeah, this. Uh, yeah, this. This whole year seems like it's been going um, very long and, and very short at the same time. It's hard to explain um, everything that has uh, transpired since December twelfth. So I just want everyone to know that on December 12th, myself and Heidi, we were in Washington, uh, Washington D.C. Um, yeah, a few weeks before the insurrection happened, and um, there was a lot of um, a lot of things going on in our country that um, still uh, were uh, our politicians and prosecutors all across the country trying to figure out you know, who was trying to do a possible coup, right? So on December 12th, on that day, I found out that uh, this happened with Shimmy, okay? And I was with uh, Heidi down in DC. Come back, we decided, hey, we're gonna stand up for a comrade. And this is for everyone that is here. I want you guys to know, and, and Shimmy said that, um, yeah, it's been 50 weeks. Heidi has been here uh, for basically 50 weeks. I want to say for me, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to get the, the, the N-word, like not N-word, but like middle fingers, you know, sometimes. So maybe she might've been here for 50 weeks straight. I might've been here for about maybe 35 <laughs> weeks. Um, I want you all to understand that when all this happened, um, there were people that stood out. Um, a lot of people stood out. Um, and then everything dwindled down after the week. I mean, we're, we're talking, we're talking sleep. We're talking snow, um, just cold ass New England stuff, okay? Um, the summer months happened with all this. And I hear a blowback. Um, can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think. I, right. Yeah. I think it might be mine now. My my girlfriend right. just walked in the house. She's listening to the show. <laughs> can hear her phone. Go ahead. Okay. I think she just went upstairs. Go. All right. So I want you all to understand. All right. What? I, you guys need to know. The, the last year, and the reason why I, I, you know, I decided to go out for Shimmy's case was the fact that I knew that they were lying and they had, um, 
the state the state um falsified police reports uh i mean even uh, you know being um on tuesday and the officer was like i don't remember and all that and i just remember i, I want everyone that's here right now to understand that there were times when we would hang out on the monument and be in Swampscott and the police would come and try to intimidate us. Okay. It wasn't like, I, I mean, it, it went, I, it, some days were different. You know, we, we would be out maybe twice a week. If it not, if it were not there or at the Lynn courthouse, which was more recent um, than now. Um, yeah. I mean, there, when we decided to um, make signs and flyers and let people know what's going on with Shimmy's case, and I remember, and I'm not sure if you all know this, that there were signs that we created and put them on the monument in Swampscott, um, you know, which is a few doors away from our governor, okay? And the police, Swampscott police decided to call their DEP to take the signs up. And then we would have to run and figure out where the signs were. They took them up and then come to find out some of the same players who took the signs up were the, the people that were in charge of that day. So I, 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 need, I need you all to understand that in, in what happened this year with Shimmy and it, it, it's uh, the intimidation was was kind of in our face, and mm -hmm. um, still going out and standing out and being frustrated. And I, I'm just gonna say to Heidi, God, yo, out here because some days I'm like, you know, I do. Do I want to be told, you know? You know, F Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. And 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 I don't know, some QAnon stuff. I mean, this was a lot. This year was a lot. Okay. And I need everyone to understand this. I know we're talking about what happened and all that, but I want to say this. It was in our face. And it, it, it was in our face too that what happened. Until what happened on Tuesday when the judge was like, are you freaking kidding me? It's doctored information. I mean, you know, after. Um, that's why it's so important to, you know, it can't be. This is not finished because it might have been a year, but damn it. Yo, they were out here and. Whoa. So, um. I, I want, I, I hope all of you understand um, what I am saying. Um, God, you know what? If Heidi, if Heidi, if you're still here right now, I want you to let everyone know that you got a citation from the state police a few weeks ago because we were carrying Black Lives Matter flags and we were you know, countering people that are not about shimmy. Okay. And I need all of you to know that. Okay. This is not this, this year has been, you know, I broke down crying. I want people to know this was like 
this was like a couple months ago, and then people are looking at me, and we're out in front of the courthouse, and then it, I don't even know if it was cold that day, but I just I started crying because I was mm -hmm. like, yo, fuck everybody, okay? And 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 um, yeah, I broke down crying because I know. After January 6th, I want everybody to know this, okay? We were out. So Heidi and I, we were in D.C. on December 12th. A lot of stuff went down, okay, in D.C. a few weeks mm. before the insurrection. And we were telling people what was going on. And to know this happened to Shimmy and then January 6th happened. And we were all standing out. Just trying to figure out what is happening. So everything with um, the DA, uh, uh, DA Blodgett, Blodgett, however you say his name, I don't care. It's just, it's just, it's a little weird at the fact that all this just kind of comes together. And when it comes to this case, it is much deeper than like, oh my God, no, 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 no. This is a big deal. All right. And I need all of you to understand that we need you all out, uh, even going forward um, and to make sure that um, who is involved in, in um, who's a prosecutor, because we saw what happened with the prosecutors in Georgia. All right. We saw it. It doesn't matter if it's in Georgia. The shit's happening here in the North Shore. Dude. Okay. Oh, sorry, I have to get that out. So, I'm seeing some of you people here. I want to see more of you because, God damn it, I'm going to tell you right now. Jimmy, I, Shimmy, damn, I don't even know if, if I could be so affected by what happened to you. I, can, I cannot even imagine what the fuck you're going through. Because they're out here. And you know what, Heidi? I see you right now. And Heidi, I want you to let everyone know that citation you got that you paid for, right? Let's hear. Let's hear tell, from tell Heidi. People. Tell people. Thank you. Yeah, Heidi, um, go ahead. Hey, I'm fighting that citation. We were counter protesting um, Linda Greenberg's group. You know, members of the group, Linda Greenberg wasn't there that day, Annalisa and her little crew. It's the same group. And the state police came. They were called by her viewers. They came and they detained me and they detained Michael Picard, who was with me. And um, they made us stay there till we proved who we were. And they gave us um, citations for using megaphones on DCR property. I have no idea what DCR property is, but yet two of the Trump Trumpers were using megaphones too, and they did not get a citation. And then the officer said, you are not allowed to protest on DCR property. But then they went on to stand with Annalisa and the Trumpies for another hour while they continued their rally. Mm. So, double, yeah. Yeah. So just, yeah double just, standard. Double standard, double standard, exactly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, of course I'm gonna fight that. It's it's just ridiculous, but they're definitely 
treat picking sides. Yeah, they are picking sides. We also have Derek here. I know uh, we're gonna try to Derek, we can hear you now. What's up? Oh, you can? Yes. Hello, so I'm Derek. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota now. I, I was from DC and how how I met like known to me like on social media was from Heidi and my other friend Diani because we were all part of Refuse Fascism and Heidi and Diani are like they rock like they travel down to DC to support me so many times during last year during the Proud Boys attacks everything and I wish I was down in Massachusetts in Boston supporting Shimmy but I would, but the cost and stuff right now for me. But I support and solidarity with Shimmy because white people out here need to support the black community and stand up for racial justice and stand up for what's going on in the world because black people should be able to walk down the streets without getting teased, getting, getting all hate for no reason because they are the same people as us and they should be treated the same way as white people as anyone. So I just wanted to say I'm grateful that you are safe, Shimmy, and and just stay safe and do what you do because you rock. Thank you. De Derek, thank, thank you. you for all the support from Boston all the way to Minnesota and back. Yeah. Appreciate it, Derek. Thank you. Thank you for calling in, too, Derek. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. We're the Young Jerks. Uh, I think we got everybody. Did we get everybody in? I think we did. I think we did. We had a couple other people call in, too, that we actually missed, actually. But, er, like, nobody in the room right now hasn't been on. So I think we we tried. We tried. I mean, we, we really took a lot of calls tonight. I, I don't imagine that this will be the last time that we're talking about this based off the track record. Right. Seems like, a, you know, quite a few people are listening to tonight. So I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank our guests, Ernst again. I want to thank the attorney, uh, Murat Arakan. And uh, I want to thank all of our listeners and people commenting tonight and all the callers. We're the Young Jerks. One of the things I want to leave with is my interaction with uh jonathan blodgett the da district attorney his lies and it was back in i think it was 2007 um i was on channel 2 wgbh and john blodgett was on there and john lied and he basically said that i didn't exist and i told my story and the host basically you can tell you can watch the we're gonna play the whole video actually it's not the best video number one because it's not uh i recorded it off my computer basically it was back in the day when you couldn't even rip things so i so i put a camcorder up to my little you know and you'll see it's 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 but you'll get the gist of it and uh i'm the guy in the video you'll see you'll hear the voice james white i wasn't using my real name back then and you'll you'll see why but he wanted to act like i didn't exist like you know like Nothing ever bad happens, and it was a bunch of lies, and, and I'm going to end on that tonight. Um, but before we do that, I want to get to the, you know, the, the guests, give them an opportunity to wrap it up tonight because this has been a long show. A lot of stuff has happened this week, especially sh with Shimmy. Uh, charges dismissed. Really happy about that. 
I'm wondering wh how, how they want to wrap this up with the audience tonight. If there's any next steps, um, we talked about some of it. I'm wondering if there, there might even be any lawsuits. Uh, anything that they suggest for the audience to do or check out or any words of uh, encouragement they want to leave us with tonight. Who wants to start, Shimmy or the attorney? Shimmy, I'll defer to you. Um, basically, all I want to do is just continue to just express how grateful I am to everybody. I'm, I'm in, actually in the progress of going to watch a cat. That's why I'm moving. But um, I want to thank everybody for, for showing me support. I want to thank Marat. I want to thank Heidi. I want to thank everybody that went to a standout, everybody that sent an email in my, in my regards, made a phone call made a post, made a tweet, just spoke about, made a donation. Literally anybody that helped out my cause in any way, I'm forever grateful. And I just want to continue to just do this work and, and hopefully one day make it an ideal world that everybody wants to live in. God, well, yeah, definitely. And I love that you're going to help a cat out right now on a Friday night. It's like me. I, I'm like, I got to wrap this show up because I got two dogs. My dog's been... He's been good mostly. He's he's ready to go though. His, he knows his mama's home now. But Shimmy, uh, I, I just loved. Uh, thank you for doing this interview tonight, and uh, I'm sure the attorney has something to leave us with tonight as well. Of course, I hope so. He's the best. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to follow Shimmy. Yeah, it's very hard to follow. But you got the goat though. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um... I, I guess I, uh, I, I want to emphasize that um, w when we stand for something, um, as, as this, um, you know, the people that are here sharing the sentiments that we talked about here tonight do, um, it's not easy to do. It, 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 it's, it's a hard thing. And um, the easier thing is to be quiet and to hope that somebody else is going to say what it is that we're feeling and somebody else is going to stand for what it is that we wish we had the courage to stand for. The only way that we can ever make progress is if we have the courage to stand and talk and to, and to um, uh, point our finger uh, at and expose and shine the light upon hate and injustice um, uh, and um, uh, un unfairness. Shimmy is the perfect example of this. Shimmy went out. He didn't have to. He could have done anything else on this particular day on December 12th of the year 2020. But he went out there to stand for what he believed in. And because he, he stood for what he believed in, because he was there to express himself, he found himself to become not only the victim of hate, but then the victim of a system that was not equipped to um, uh, uh, handle this case in the just manner which, which, which it cried out for. Um, it took strength for Shimmy to do what it is that he did, as, as I think Mike Picard pointed out uh, uh, at some point in this uh, podcast. Uh, the, the vast majority of people lack the strength to fight when they're, uh, you know, in a situation like this. Um, the, the, um, the, the guilty plea rate in, in, in criminal court is somewhere, uh, you know, uh, north of 90% and maybe even closer to 98%. Um, Shimmy um, and, a, and a person like Shimmy would, would uh, rightly feel um, the pressure to, uh, uh, you know, cut a deal or, or remain... Um, uh, or, or, or find some way out of it where they can guarantee that they're not going to be placed in harm's way. Uh, Shimmy chose not to. Shimmy chose to fight. Uh, and, and only because Shimmy, 
chose to fight were we able to um, uh, achieve the measure of justice that we've achieved in, achieved in this case. Although we're not there yet, we are well on the way to getting to what we need to accomplish. Um, and, and, and it is so important that we all find the courage in and of ourselves to say, I won't let somebody else stand in my shoes. I will be the one that's going to be talking. And I thank all of you for uh, your efforts in doing that. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, again, attorney uh, Marat Arakan. Arakan. <laughs> Arakan. Arakan. See, I thought I got it right the first time, and then I changed it. Marat Arakan. No, you said Erkin, excuse me. And I say Erkin earlier. When you okay. win the lottery, Mike, and I'm assuming that Carmel will get you there, I, I want you to buy tickets to Turkey and learn how to pronounce my name better, okay? To Turkey? Yes. Uh, I, I would love to go to Turkey. I'd, I'd love to stop walking dogs for a living. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be a millionaire. Uh, I'm so sure I, I thank you so much for coming on tonight, thank attorney. Thank you for having me above everything that you're doing. And uh, yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk again. There's other cases. And uh, again, if you have any other cases that you want to bring attention to, definitely hit me up anytime. We will be talking soon then, Mike. I'm sure. All right. Well, thank you so much. And again, I want to end tonight. I want to show when I was on WGBH and it was uh, DA Jonathan Blodgett acting like I didn't exist. In just six weeks, voters across the nation will Sensible Marijuana Policy and Essex County District Attorney Jonathan Blodgett. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Jonathan, one of the things that the DAs have said is that they really believe that this would, you know, spark a crime wave and open up the floodgates for use. Why do you think so? How so? Well, opposition, Emily, is it's a major step backwards. For the first time in recent memory, marijuana use among teenagers is down. 
Why would you want to reverse that trend? The law enforcement, educators, healthcare providers have done a job, well done job, I would suggest to you, making young people understand how harmful this is, not only to them, but to their families and their surrounding community. Why is it harmful? Increased healthcare costs, addiction. I mean, it's not your father's Oldsmobile. Marijuana today is more addictive than ever before. Experts like Joseph Califano from CASA, the Center for Addictive Substance Abuse uh, at Columbia University, just published in June of this year a 15-year study, a 15-year study that talks about the dangerous and addictive uh, behaviors that come with marijuana use, what it does to young people, what it does to communities, but more importantly, the greatest voice is the voice of the Ten Point Ministry. Black ministers in Boston have been unified in their opposition and stating what they've seen and what has happened to young people. Well, listen, that you struck a, a nerve here because when you, one of the issues that comes up, and the Reverend Dickinson mentioned to us too, is this is a really a class issue. That you know, if you if you ease up on the laws, you're really appealing to you know the white middle class, and you know what's the big deal? Announce you know nickel bag, whatever it is. You know you, you spoke a few joints, but that's not really what's going on in a lot of areas of the black community. And one thing can't might more likely lead to something bigger there than it would in some other communities. Well, um, first of all, Emily, what we need to look at is the fact that 11 other states have passed similar laws, and none of the issues being uh, brought up by Mr. Blodgett have come to fruition. Um, actually, the National Research Council has done a, did a report that was commissioned by the White House, so not an organization that really uh, is promoting of reforming any of our laws, uh, that shows that passing laws like Question 2 have no effect on use rates whatsoever. And what you need to look at, at the folks that are supporting Question 2, groups like the Union of Minority Neighborhoods and the Boston Workers Alliance, because the fact is, upon arrest, a quarry is generated and all of the barriers to jobs to what about housing quarry reform instead i mean it seems like that is the onerous issue here that that a guy like james white should have a record for life for having well a even, under, joints in his even under quarry reform the quarry is still going to be there uh you know quarries aren't going away we're not getting rid of them so some we'll, people can get these things erased i don't know how he can't and other people can but uh well what the, with the diff the um what, I'm, what, we, what we are speaking to is the fact of creating boundaries, especially for young people, and talking about disenfranchised communities. I mean, it is the disenfranchised communities that need that first job that will probably do a quarry check and not middle class or wealthier white folks. It is, the, it is the, the disenfranchised communities that will need that school loan that they will not be able to get because of this record. That, that seems to be the, the second point here, is that record, that permanent record is preventing people from getting the job from going to school, from, you know, this, it seems so onerous. Well, but I challenge that, Emily, quite frankly. I mean, there is, I have one house of correction in my county, Middleton. There isn't one person today incarcerated for possession of marijuana. No, but and it's the, still on their records. Is what yeah, we're is. not talking about incarcerated. If you're, if you're a, an adult, the matter is continued out of fining for six months. The matter is dismissed upon completion of the six months probation. Many, many people get jobs. I suggest to you that really is an onerous argument in the sense that if the real issue is Corey, and you have to understand, the playing field keeps shifting. First, the arguments from the path of the proponents was people, too many people in jail for marijuana arrests. People in jail for marijuana arrests have multiple counts on their arrests. What about, what about the argument Whitney makes about the 11 other states 
who have enacted or changed these laws and it hasn't had that much of an impact. Well, again, I mean, where's the real data in that regard? Many states have rejected, have rejected the uh, same type of proposal. Nevada, Colorado have said no to decriminalizing this. And who, is the, who does this benefit? Why does who does the state benefit? Get, they can regulate it, you know, as they do alcohol. But what, but what, just you know, what we are talking about is first and foremost, this campaign, the question two campaign, has never stated that people were going to, to jail for this. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the the issues that we are talking about is also the great cost savings, and that report done by Jeff Myron, uh, Harvard economist, looks at arrest and booking costs alone. And in arrest and booking costs alone, we're spending $29.5 million a year. In this, state, in this state alone. We are not talking time. about jail costs. Mm -hmm. And actually, his report was looked at by over 500 national economists. They agreed with his model and actually think his model is conservative uh, because it doesn't go into, well, then probation costs and all of those issues. But uh, what we are talking about is $29.5 million a year. But that, that is we really are what you care about. You don't care about the money. Uh, I'm promoting that it stays in the community to fight violent and serious crime. I live in Boston, mm -hmm. and what I want is my police officers in, in my street where I live focusing was, on violence. You know, like that's not going mean, to. James White was stopped for speeding, and they found the, that 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 money would have been a wash. I mean, probably it's not. Well, gonna... no, it's because it, but if once you're arrested for marijuana, stopped for speeding, mm -hmm. you're handed a ticket and left on your way. For being arrested for marijuana, you are put in a car. That cop is taken off the street. And you are you are brought into the station. You're fingerprinted. You're booked. You then have to have preliminary court costs. That's a lot more you than being let go. Oh, absolutely. That those figures are total nonsense. This paid economist has no criminal justice background. Let me let me give you the reality. The reality is this: possession, simple possession of marijuana, is a misdemeanor. And unless you're smoking marijuana in front of a police officer, or your smoking is involved in some sort of a public uh, affray or a commission of a felony, you're not arrested. You are summoned to court. A misdemeanor right. in front of a police officer right, is not voters, arrestable. We'll decide this November 4th. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Jonathan Blodgett, Wendy Taylor, thanks. All right. Oh, I just wanted to, uh, I guess, wrap it up there. Usually I just let it go, but Jonathan Blodgett, you can see him lying. You can see that Emily Rooney was all caught up in me, in my story. And, uh, you know, everything that uh, was said against Jonathan Blodgett was true. Everything he said was false. People did lose jobs over a cannabis arrest. So, again, he's been lying for a long time. I think he needs to, you know, a, a wake-up call. I think people you know, protest. I definitely support protests of him after all I've seen over the years. So I just wanted to bring that to, to people's attention as well because – it's not recent. This has been going on for decades. Doesn't represent the people. He was against every cannabis law that we passed. And look how popular they were. He doesn't care about the people. So, again, I want to uh, thank all our guests tonight, all our listeners. We'll be back very soon, young jerks. I want to thank the attorney who's still kicking around. I know he's had a late night. We'll let him go. Uh, good night, everyone. <laughs>